0: The Freak Radio Network. Broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined. What the hell! Sargent. Beijing Dr. Deuceback. Crash Gladys. Get in Crash Position. And Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the oh, freak. Tournament Off three.
1: They got her done. We're talking about NASCAR and the Cup race in Darlington, in front of absolutely no fans, which
2: didn't matter to me.
1: Yeah, evidently on Twitter didn't matter to a whole lot of damn people. How you doing tonight, Freak Nation? Stat Man, Crash, Gladys, Kenny Sargent. Thank you guys for being a part of this. Speaking of your crew chief for Kevin Harvick, who won this afternoon's race at Darlington, Rodney Childers will be joining us in about ten minutes. Uh, world Rally champion. Rally Cross Champion Petter Solberg here in the Freak Nation. Statman, how are you going to keep yourself off the ceiling when we get uh, Petter Solberg here in the Freak Nation? Being the fact that uh, you are the biggest snorkeler when it comes to rally.
3: Wait, what? What? She's <laughs> not... oh, <laughs> uh, uh,
1: kidding.
3: I was going gonna... to build
4: a ladder down off down the wall, off... but now oh, I but might I keep, keep, keep it up, keep up the... there. you going to call me a snorkeler?
1: <laughs> i'm getting kind of i'm getting kind of feisty man i spent uh, three plus hours watching a nascar race this afternoon and i'm just looking for other places to uh, raise my voice that man i had the i best had the-
4: nap that i've had, had yeah. in
1: what uh, two months three months i
4: had it was a spectacular nap in fact uh, i woke up in time for the see the tv counting down are you still there i had to hit the button again <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. So did we. So did we. Oh, that's so funny. Yep. With the race coming to an end, just the last couple of laps, our TV also had the little thing pop up. Press OK if you're still watching.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, Freak Nation, they they got it off and not much of a hitch, Freak Nation. Kevin Harvick with your win. Uh, For at least two to three hours, NASCAR was the top trend on Twitter if you're scoring at home. So, yeah, uh, they got it off. I haven't heard any backlash of how they handled it at this point. Stat crash. I'm not sure if you saw anything.
2: No, I've heard people praising them for all the usage of masks and Mm -hmm. PPEs. And yeah, so far, a lot of positivity. No negativity that I've seen yet.
1: Statman, was it strange for you to watch a race with empty stands? No, I went to,
4: when I lived in Southern California, I went to Irwindale frequently and uh, it looked
1: rather familiar. (laughs) Oh,
2: wow. I really thought you were going to Fontana right there. (laughs) Like, yeah, we're kind of used to it from, Fontana. but
1: but on a serious, on a serious note though, it's the, the, the aesthetics of things. It's like watching an NBA basketball game with, with no fans, granted it's a different scenario and a different sport, but. You just see again, metal grants, it didn't really bother me, no, a, a, me at all. Cause you don't hear the fans. They don't focus on the fans during the race That man. It's just, it's, it's all about the car and the driver and the race. Honestly, it didn't
4: bother me that much. I agree with you, uh, the, the crowds have been shrinking so much in NASCAR that it didn't bother me to pan by empty seats because you see that frequently with the racing nowadays. And it didn't bother me that much that there weren't many people there. The thing that kept telling me was that if this is safe enough to run, why don't they allow the Fox people to be there? They're all at home or in a studio or hundreds of miles away. Uh, it just, it was, there was some incongruity there for me, but uh, if, if you have to have a race, I think this is the best way to do it. Uh, with no fans, and hopefully the drivers uh, and the crew and the support people that are there with the teams stayed safe and don't have any uh, worries going forward.
2: And it certainly seemed like they were, and paying attention to social media, the trailers, basically the, the haulers, left the shops last night, so really there was only one night spent in a hotel so, yeah, it seemed like everything was about as safe as could possibly be. I mean, we could talk to Rodney Childers about that when he comes up in about 10 minutes. But, it, yeah, I don't know how you could have done it any differently.
4: Yeah, it was it was good to see something live, some competition live and real, not virtual on a computer screen. And it was good to see an attempt to keep the uh, people involved in the sport Safe. Uh, there, there weren't a lot of there weren't a lot of people there, and that's good. And the ones who were there were trying to stay masked and uh, separate, and that was a good thing. And and again, I repeat, I hope they stayed safe, and we won't have to hear in a few days that uh, some people are testing positive.
1: We'll talk more about that with Rodney Childers. Your Crew chief for Kevin Harvick, your winner from this afternoon at Darlington. He'll be coming up. And Todd Suckerman with Sticks joining us as well. Big two hours of the Freaks coming up.
0: Speed freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the
1: freaks. Bringing another round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Thank you guys for being a part of this big old thing, Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Coming up in moments, Rodney Childers, your crew chief for Kevin Harvick, who won in Darlington. This segment brought to our good friends at General Tire. Go to GeneralTire.com. It's GeneralTire.com. Find where you can grab your new General Tires. that big fat truck, that SUV. Friends of the Freak Nation, we roll on them. You should, too. Go to GeneralTire.com. Crasher, go right ahead.
2: Oh man, you know me. It's May. This is qualifying weekend, bump day and pole day at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I mean, this is my jam. Yeah, oh, hey, 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 hey. Only it wasn't. Thanks to COVID-19. Oh, man, it's just been a weird week for me, for anybody else who is a huge Indy 500 fan like I am. This is just so freaking strange. But what it was this weekend, NASCAR, we just talked about it. Actual on-track racing today. It was awesome. For race fans, and to be perfectly honest, hilariously confusing for non-race fans that actual race cars were back in actual real-life asphalt. The text threads and tweets from non-racing fans to me and others, just comical. Hey, uh, what's, what's that yellow flag for? I don't get it. What's a yellow flag? How do drivers go to the bathroom? Oh, Okay. Why did Kyle Busch pass seven cars before the green flag? Well, okay, maybe that question was valid. But bottom line, with zero practice... In virtually zero time to discuss any engineering with his team, Kevin Harvick took home his 50th race win at a fanless Darlington this afternoon, and it was brilliant. I personally remembered how to take a NASCAR nap like Statman just talked about, as the length was still a bit long for me, for my liking. But damn, it was good to see real racing again. Can I make a request, though? Can we please stop the Twitter fighting of who was the first sport back in the COVID pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic? Stop it. I don't care. PBR, UFC, NASCAR, just stop it. The PBR CEO was on Twitter last night trying to Saw raise that. ruckus. Yeah, ridiculous. Anyway, we will talk to Kevin Harvick's crew chief Rodney Childers next. Let's head to We Are The Race, the Torque Esports series where Fernando Alonso made his debut this weekend in the Legends Trophy event. Jan Magnussen took one win, Emmanuel Peru took another win. Jensen Button, however, took over the points lead and guess what's next? Stay tuned this week at We Are The Race on Twitter. Massive announcement on new legends competing, and next weekend, next Saturday being the Indy 500 Oval, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Hey, Jensen Button's oval debut. Rodney,
1: Rodney Childers, Kevin Harvick's crew chief, joining us next. Speed Freaks pits on the Lucas Oil Studios.
0: Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined.
1: The summer, it's quickly approaching, and General Tire wants to put some money back in your pockets. Because now, through April 30th, with the purchase of four new qualifying General Tire passenger tires, you'll receive up to a $70 Visa prepaid gift card. Choose from the Summer Ultra High Performance G Max RS, the All-Season Ultra High Performance G Max ASO 5 and the All-Season Touring Ultimax RT43 lines. So prepare to prove that anywhere is possible this summer with General Tire. For more information, visit GeneralTire.com. General Tire, driving speed freaks for 20
6: You're MAV-TV.
0: You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined.
3: Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Lawman is putting into my run. Todd and
1: Suckerman. So 25 years with Sticks as their drummer. He'll be joining us this hour or next hour, Crasher?
2: thought it was the end of this hour.
1: Yeah, Todd Zuckerman joining us here in the Freak Nation. He's got his record Pacific, out.
2: Pacific, 1040 Eastern. Got it. Uh, let's bring
1: this music up just a
2: bit. Hit it!
3: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Again, Todd Zuckerman. Sticks drummer joining us in a few minutes. Will Purdue, three of his four championships with the Chicago Bulls. He'll be joining us here in the Peak Nation. Petter Solberg, world rally champion, rally cross champion. He'll be joining us as well. But first, Rodney Childers, your crew chief for Kevin Harvick, your winner today in Darlington. And curious, uh, Childers, that you had to wear the mask the entire time during the race, and we understand why that's going on, but when Kevin Harvick, when you guys won that race, did you blow a bunch of snot and so forth into your mask because you were so excited, dude?
7: (laughs) Yeah, I was driving home right now and it still feels like I have a mask on, you know, from wearing that thing all day. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, something that's going to take some getting used to. I mean, you know, for me, I haven't had to wear one, uh, every day I've been working from home and, been fortunate enough to not have to deal with that that side of things, and um, you know, it's just gonna you know, take a little bit to get used to week by week, and and um, you know, keep keep going forward with it.
1: Richard Childers, crew chief for Kevin Harvick. Rodney, Rodney Childers, yeah, right. Rodney Childers joining us. Yeah, that's the first time here, that's happened. <laughs> joining us here in the Freak Nation, uh, and Rodney, people don't understand if they don't follow NASCAR like we do that. You guys had zero, okay, minimal preparation for this race. Can you explain the difficulty of prepping not just the car, but the team and yourself going into this race kind of blind?
7: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we, we still prepare for the races the same, no matter what, just from a simulation standpoint. And, you know, all the engineers and myself uh, work hard to, to make sure that we're going had the right setup when we, when we unload and, you know, our team has been really good at that over the years. And, uh, so I think, you know, some of that may have been a little bit of an advantage for us, but, um, like you said, I mean, to, to be working, um, from home for 52 days and, and finally getting to go back to the shop and, and see the race cars. And, uh, basically, you know, we, we just, used our homestead car that we had planned, you know, racing earlier this year and, and, uh, changed the setup around for it. And, and, uh, everything was, was good all day today and, and, uh, worked out good.
2: Did you expect, okay. Up until the green flag actually flew, did you expect that this would actually go off as flawlessly as it did? I saw a quote from, I believe Brad Keselowski earlier today, or it was post-race in that he was shocked that nobody was protesting nobody was was sick at the last minute like happened with UFC were what about you were you shocked that hey we pulled this off and it was very safely done
7: It was it was really unbelievable um you know driving to the racetrack this morning that's all I could think about is like something's going to be a disaster today and and uh whether it be trying to get everybody in the racetrack and and do all that you know um stuff outside to, to, you know, get everybody's temperatures and, and, uh, all that stuff. And, um, you know, we, we got through that this morning and it was like simple and everybody was very well organized and, uh, very detailed. And then the, you know, the next thing is unloading the car off the, the trailer and, and going through tech and you're sitting there thinking, well, this is probably going to be a disaster. Well, it was completely the opposite of that. <laughs> like it was so, um, uh, well thought out and, and everything, uh, was pretty amazing that, at what they had, uh, done and, and, um, you know, worked out and, and all that stuff. So, um, you know, you gotta say, you know, kudos to, to NASCAR for everything that they did. Um, you know, it was pretty amazing, um, how well it all worked out today.
2: Rodney Childers, crew chief for Kevin Harvick, joining us here in the Freak Nation on a Sunday night, talking about the Real Heroes 400, how NASCAR returned today, actual racing on actual asphalt. Now, Rodney, what was your perception or your your personal opinion of how things had been going over the last two months with iRacing? I mean, to me, there's a little bit of... Hey, we could merge iRacing with actual racing in an attempt to bring more sponsorship to teams moving forward. Are you a fan of something like that, or not at all?
7: Um, I don't know. You know, I was one of those that that uh, you know I grew up racing and um, I never had a computer and never uh, did those kinds of things. And <laughs> um, you know, it just you know when when all this started going down, you know, with the with the coronavirus and all. I actually went and bought a high a, uh, racing rig and got involved in it and, and really enjoyed it. And <laughs> oh, was no, surprised at how, <laughs> oh, yes. I was surprised at how well, um, you know, how how good the tracks were. A lot, a lot of the racetracks I had raced on before. And, um, you know, as soon as I pulled them up, like the bumps were in the right spot and steering wheel did the right thing at the right time. And I was uh, kind of surprised by that, but um, you know, it, you know, there's a, there's a time and a place for everything and, and there's different, um, there's also, uh, a time and a place for different people. And, um, you know, some people that don't want to watch a 500 mile race, they may want to watch, a um, a one hour iRacing, uh, race. So, um, you know, it, it's hard to say what's right and what's wrong, but, uh, the people at iRacing and, and everybody at NASCAR did a good job of putting those, putting those on, um, during the, the downtime and, and always giving us something to, to watch. And, and, uh, it was pretty entertaining at the same time.
4: Rod, Rodney, 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 Rodney uh, Childers is the crew chief, winning crew chief from Darlington today. Uh, Rodney, I'm, I'm glad you're on because the first, my first question came up at the end of the race, you dominated that race so much and then there was the burnouts and everything. You mentioned that this is a Homestead car. Is that car going to be used Wednesday to turn it around so fast, or do you have another car that you're going to bring in for the next races coming up this week?
7: Well, we have one sitting at the shop that was pretty much ready to go. Um, But, you know, after having such a great car today, I think we're going to turn around the one that we just raced um and then the one that we were planning on racing uh wednesday we'll take it to the second charlotte race um you know with with these races being every three days it's tough you know and um you know we can't really even build them that fast so uh we, we definitely have to plan things out the right way and make sure that we have our ducks in a row and um you know we feel like this one we really don't have to take it apart you know the the shocks and springs and everything are still in it we don't have to uh take any of it out we don't have to rebuild the thing we just um go back and service it and and fix the body in a few places and and take it back and race it again
4: wow wow the candor (laughs) is amazing Uh, rodney uh, let, let me i got 10 other questions i could go on with that but let me ask you this You have an experience now. I don't know if you're a stick and ball fan, excuse me, but you have an experience now that you maybe could share. Does this work Uh, with no fans, the masks, minimum people? What could you tell the baseball and the basketball and the hockey people who are uh, all up in uh, quandary about whether or not they could go through with getting their season started or continued?
7: Yeah, I, you know, to be honest with you, I've always been all about racing and, um, you know, I'm not sure exactly how all that would work. You know, um, you know, at least in the race cars, um, the drivers, the professionals are in the race car away from each other. They're in a, um, you know, somewhat safe, uh, location and, um, you know, social distancing and all that kind of thing. And, um you know every sport's different I think um you know everybody's got to figure out what works for them and um you know you you talked about basketball I mean you got every every player touching the same basketball over and over and over that's you know so much different than what we do and and what we Mm -hmm. did today so um I don't know I'm going to stay out of that one but (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, you know, like I said, they're all different and, and, uh, everybody's got to do what's right for them.
2: Crew chief for Kevin Harvick, the number four taking the win today at Darlington, Rodney Childers joining us in the freak nation. Can you explain how you guys went about your pit organization? Not just the pit stops, but just you guys, whether you're on the box or whether you're in the pit, I know all the guys have helmets on and they also were having masks on it. Some of the guys when they were being interviewed. But how weird was that, seriously? I mean, I'm sure somebody had a complaint somewhere. I mean, hey, it worked. We appreciate it. But it's so different than what you're used to.
7: Yeah, and I think, you know, the the mask bothered me more during the day than it actually did during the race. I think, you know, once you get in the the race, um, you're so focused on what's going on with the car, the the pit crew, uh, what changes you're going to make on the next stop. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier today, like there's races that I, that, you know, that we have that I, I don't look up in the stands and realize, you know, is it a good crowd or is it a bad crowd? Um, sometimes, you know, I leave the racetrack and I'll, I'll look at one of my engineers and say, I honestly never looked up there during the race. <laughs> um, so, you know, once you get into the race, you're so focused on those things you don't notice the mask you don't notice different things like that and um you know for us it's just you know worrying about ourselves and worrying about what's going to be good for us and trying to win a race and um you know that that's really what we we focused on uh you know i think the limited roster and not having as many people behind the wall um was something that we were really worried about and, and, uh, thought it would affect our pit stops more than what it really did. And, and everybody pulled through and did a great job with all that. So, um, you know, it was a learning curve for all of us, but we, we learned a lot through it.
4: Rodney, Chulich, Rodney I was really interested in what you said about using the same car and just servicing it. You've got hundreds of miles on this engine. Will you change engines Uh, will NASCAR penalize you for changing an engine? Uh, What are the rules surrounding getting ready for this quick turnaround on Wednesday?
7: Um, There's, you know, basically the rules are throughout the whole year. So uh, we have so many engines we have to race twice. We have so many engines we have to race three times. Uh, Then you have some engines that you only have to race once. Uh, So, you know, the engine that we ran today had already been run before and, uh, it was at the end of its cycle. So it would it'll get, you know, torn apart at the engine shop and, and rebuilt. Uh, the one that we're racing on Wednesday is a fresh build, uh, that'll be going in the car. And, and, um, then after we race it, the 300 miles on Wednesday, it actually go to a different racetrack and, and race again. So, um, you know, Roush 8 the engines, they, they handle all that and I honestly don't even have to worry about it. Um, you know, they keep up with the schedule and, and what engines they won't wear. And, uh, they show up at the shop and, and they're ready to put in the car and, and ready. So, uh, those guys do a great job for us.
1: Last thing for you, Roddy Childers, crew chief for Kevin Harvick. How are those zoom calls with smoke? Tony Stewart, <laughs> were they greatness?
7: <laughs> we haven't had any zoom calls with smoke. Um, You know, like I was saying earlier, I mean, we, we, we actually use Microsoft Teams, um, on the four car and, and it's just, you know, myself and, um, you know, all my engineers and, and, um, you know, almost every day we had a meeting going on, uh, with all of us at home. So, um, it's, it's pretty amazing what, what's out there for people to use these days. But, um, like I said, the Microsoft Teams is, is where we've, uh, uh, spent most of our time for the last two months.
2: Smoke was never on there with you guys, giving you crap?
7: No, nah, he stays out of <laughs> our business. Lets us do our job.
2: Good. Man, <laughs>
7: it's
4: better to have you more often, Rodney. You you come <laughs> in with some candor that is missing from drivers. I don't we gotta have you more often. Is that
1: possible?
7: <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Oh. Boy.
1: Well, man. Hey, thanks for doing this, bud. Congratulations, and a hell of a quick turnaround for you guys. to Get things going here in about three days.
7: Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Awesome.
1: You got it, Rodney Childers. Of course, your crew chief for Kevin Harvick. Big win in Darlington. That's just.
2: It's just amazing to me yeah. how this was pulled off. I, he's being a bit modest. I have a feeling. I mean, mm-hmm. what will what we're going to see in these next. Gosh, just give it three races, I think, because of how some of the lesser funded teams are not going to be as easily able to have spare cars like Stuart Haas does and or turn them around as efficiently as Stuart Haas will. So we may see the the men from the boys separating within about three or four next cup races, I'd say.
1: Come up in moments, your stat man, Scat, which has something to do, kind of, well, everything, All right, kind of. As with Petter Solberg, our World Rallycross Rally World Rally champion, he'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation. Also, Todd Suckerman with the band Sticks, and Will Purdue, formerly with the Chicago Bulls, as the Last Dance continues to dominate all things sports.
7: Good evening, my fellow citizens.
4: To provide guidance to mankind. The Last Dance docu-series has fueled the argument, who's greatest, Michael or LeBron? The numbers solve nothing. We can argue championships, scoring, rebounds, assists, and still, nothing is definitive. Well, there's a similar argument going on in the World Rally Championship, but in this case, the Michael and LeBron is Sebastian Loeb and Carlos Sainz. WRC.com held a month-long poll that absorbed more than 300,000 votes to reach the conclusion that Sainz and his two titles is worth more than Loeb's Nine straight. Signs has been named the WRC's goat, the greatest of all time. The tournament-style knockout rounds included all 18 WRC champions when it started. Signs was ranked 6th in the seedings. Loeb was the top seed, but Signs, the matador, pulled off the upset. Michael Lebron or Signs Loeb? There's another argument to while away your quarantine hours. Peace.
0: Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Lady, when you're with me, I'm smiling.
1: Fifty million records later. 25 years with the band, Todd Suckerman from Styx. Drummer, Todd Suckerman. He's got a new record out. He's going to join us in about 10 minutes.
3: I'm
1: this segment brought to you good friends at Lucas Oil. Go to lucasoil.com, Find the right product to keep your ride on the road. Inside your engine, outside your car, your interior. Bam! Lucas Oil has a product to keep your ride on the road and looking fine. Just a- We were... Texting during the break, the technology of us being set up in two different locations, feeding to two different locations, and then feeding the network what we're doing here, and then someone on the phone, technology, and the reason I bring this up, it's incredible. The way they were, it's, Roddy was on point where able to pull, at least right now, Sunday night, things may change on Monday or Tuesday with the opinions or facts of this race that come out of there, but humans are pretty freaking Ingenuitive to be able to pull things off like this stat, man. Cause there, there were, I don't want to say thousands, but hundreds of people at, in one place within the walls of a racetrack and the, the race for all intents and purposes was flawless to pull it off. Yeah. Well, not only, well, not that, only but
4: let's but go back let's to go what, be, what we were just we were talking just about just, about just, with, just us. with us. He was in a car. I think he said he was driving home. So yeah we talked would. to him in a car moving and we are separated all over hill and dale uh, none of none of the last 10 minutes could have happened 20 years ago when we yeah. started the program that's how far all of this has come to allow us to be in separate places talking in separate studios to a, a remote uh, board operator across at, at the country to somebody driving in a car. And it sounds like we're all in the same room. <laughs> yeah,
2: right.
3: <laughs>
4: <Cool>.
2: <laughs> and the timing. I mean, every once in a while you'll hear a little bit of a pause that shouldn't be there and maybe a, a delayed response, but not much. So the timing with all of these different feeds going from our Phoenix station up to our San Fran board op and stat you in Columbus, Ohio going to the San Fran board op yet we're hearing you like you're in the same room as us. It's Our
1: producer just, in Southern California.
2: Right, right. It just, it's wow. <laughs> it's mind boggling.
1: The technology here at Freak Nation for, for us to be able to pull this off and for NASCAR to be oh. able to pull off a race in Darlington.
2: And then also something that could not have been done 20 years ago. Then we have people listening to us on the Internet. <laughs> and through apps, we didn't even know what apps were twenty years ago. So yeah, yeah the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app. The, I mean, crazy
4: apps. Excuse me, crash. The apps were something on the menu that you ordered before
1: dinner.
2: <laughs> the appetizers, <they're> right? <laughs> Insane.
1: We're just happy that we could do this for you, Freak Nation. Todd Suckerman will be joining us coming up in about six or seven minutes. You know, part of sticks. He's
2: calling from Texas.
1: Austin, yes. So we're just
2: going to get all the time zones mm-hmm. in here today.
1: Yeah. And and Will Purdue will be checking in from either Chicago or, or Louisville. He's in
2: Louisville now, so <laughs> there's another central. So we have eastern time zone, central time zone, and pacific time zone. That mountain time zone is escaping us tonight.
1: It is. Yeah, that's but, right. But uh, it is absolutely bonkers. That we're able to pull this thing off. Hold on. We've Uh got Petter
2: Petter Solberg from Norway. (laughs) 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 Let's just throw more into this mix. I forgot. Oh, yeah. We've also got an international guest tonight. (laughs) Jeez.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No problem. Only in the freak nation, man. And uh, at, at least, as far as I know, Statman's not wearing a mask. I know Crash isn't wearing a mask. It's because we're all quarantined in our own little corners, in our own little freaking studios, Freak Nation. Again, coming up, Todd Zuckerman joining us here in the Freak Nation, part of Sticks for the last quarter century. He's got a new record out. We'll talk to him about that. Also, Petter Solberg, World Rally Cross tra- Champion, uh, World Rally Champion. It's a big freaking show for you, Freak Nation, for the Lucas Oil Studios. That's talk coming up next, Speed Freaks Pits and Lucas Oil Studios.
0: Freak's Motorsports Radio, redefined.
2: Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, No matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades.
4: After your engine, the transmission is the second most important component of your car. If you maintain it, It will shift properly and get you down the road without problems. But if you don't maintain it, problems are coming your way. Lucas Transmission Fix can clean and lubricate sticking valves and renew worn bands to make your transmission shift properly and stop leaking. It's compatible with all transmissions and transmission fluids. Lucas Transmission Fix.
6: It works. Hey.
2: Hey, it's Crasher from The Freaks. If someone's cooking burgers, I want a unique flavor. And there's only one that truly hits the spot. Bubba Burgers, jalapeno, or sweet onion burgers. And it's straight from your local grocery store. There's even reduced fat and turkey Bubba Burgers. How about an Angus Bubba Burger? Basically, there's not a better burger to throw on the grill for your weekend parties than a tasty... Juicy mouthful of Bubba Burger. Again, available in your grocery store. You'll never bite a better burger than a Bubba.
5: Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive, unlimited 24/7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Despain, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing for more information visit lucasoilracing.tv lucasoilracing.tv grab it
1: and hold on tight the texas roadkill the san francisco swallows and the arizona pricks yeah i got your attention now don't i these aren't real sports teams but they are some of the most creative funny sports logo t-shirts from awesome sports logos each team has a history a meaning behind it like the new orleans curse or the nashville bootleggers and these t-shirts they are awesome with the highest quality 100 cotton available and are ridiculously soft grab your Favorite cities t shirt now at Awesome Sports That's Awesome Sports and get awesome.
0: You are listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio redefined.
1: Coming up in the second hour of the freaks. Will Purdue? three of his four championships were with the Chicago Bulls with Last Dance being such a high-profile show on ESPN. We've been fortunate enough to get Will Purdue here in the Peak Nation for the last three or four Sunday nights. He'll be joining us. Petter Solberg, world rally champion, rallycross champion as well. Uh, he'll be joining us in the second hour. Playing a little sticks here for you. Uh, Todd Suckerman, quarter century drumming for the band. 50 million records later. He's got a new solo record out. It's called Last Flight Home. We caught up with him earlier, talked to him about numerous things. And Crasher, she kicked it off with a direct hit in regards to the new record.
2: The title of this album, Last Flight Home, it's kind of interesting how we're talking about being home. And how when you are touring, that last flight home is sometimes a pain in the freaking booty to get because of all the delays and cancellations. I mean, talk about how that became the title of this album.
8: Well, first off, I have to quantify this, that no one likes hearing a rock musician complain. So I'm not (laughs) complaining, really. Uh, And especially now, where people have uh, much uh, serious uh, issues at hand. Um, But basically... Uh, It seems like I would never have much of a problem flying out to begin a run, but coming home seemed to be absolute warfare. Uh, And, you know, after a quarter century of being stranded in airports uh, and the the litany of broken planes and delays and missing crews and uh, missed connections, uh, that seemed to be a a central theme of when I'm done working, I just want to get home. And... Very often, I only have two or three days at home before I have to fly out and do something else. Mm. So, if I'm delayed in an airport by an hour or eight, those are you know several hours of only three days that are I'm robbed <laughs> of uh, of time with my wife and daughter. so it 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 kind of ends up feeling like a heavy situation. Now, I've always made it home. There was never a time where I didn't make it home. So there's always there's always a happy ending ultimately, but it, it it encapsulates the frustration of just wanting to be home. I just want to have a, a, a you know a hot meal at home, and I want to put my own head on my own pillow. Um, and I think anyone who travels for for their business can can relate to that feeling.
1: Century with uh, Sticks, your drummer Todd Zuckerman joining us here in the Freak Nation and his first solo album, Last Flight Home. And it sounds like that um, you were a father later in life, like yours truly, correct? Absolutely. And listening to Last Flight Home, as you've probably done hundreds of times, me several times preparing for this interview, dude, that's a gut punch given the fact that the way we look at children in our fifties and how precious they are. I'm not saying I cried the first time I heard that song, but damn it, bro. Uh, That was, that was, that was tough for an old man.
8: Well, thanks. You know, I mean, it, it, that song, obviously, uh, boy, it sounds like a cliche. It comes from a real place, (laughs) but you know, it it really did. When, uh, when my partner and collaborator on this whole record, JK Harrison, and I got together, that was one of the first things that happened. We, we wrote that song, and it was basically complete in a half hour. It was it was just one of those magical nights where it was lightning going back and forth, and I was just writing down lyric ideas uh, about how it feels to be stranded in the airport, wanting to get home. Um, and you know, as we were coming up with that song, I kept thinking, "Gee, songwriting's fun. It is when it's like that. But it, it's it's if it were only that easy, you know. Sometimes it could be a laborious, uh, painful process." But this was just one of those magical nights, and this sort of materialized as a possible album uh, title, track one, uh, and, and, and all those things came to be. And that's that's why I followed this project, really. And J.K. had been harassing me for a number of years to to do a record, and I always blew him mm. off because I thought, Gee, that's really sweet and nice that you think that I could do this, but I did not believe in myself at all. He, he, he believed in me the whole time. Uh, so finally, I relented, and, and I had some time in Los Angeles, and we got together, and, well, let's see what you know can come of this. So that was really uh, maybe, the, maybe the second night or something like that we were together. Uh, so basically, I just had to stay out of my own way and let this thing organically grow and materialize. And that's why it ended up being this type of a record. I I always assumed I'd do some sort of jazz fusion project. And I suppose most people that would Mm -hmm. take an interest in what I do would expect some sort of drum centric instrumental release. But the truth of the matter is, I've always been drawn to, to songs, melodies, and the story and the lyric. And the fact that I didn't think or believe that I could actually pull this off that, um, that interested, that, well, that interested me. In seeing if I could, if I could do this. I, w- I was terrified to do it, and, and that <laughs> kind of told me that maybe I'm in the right place because I'm, I'm so scared of this. Wow.
1: Freak Nation, the backbeat for sticks. Your drummer, Todd Zuckerman joining us here in the Freak Nation, talking about a solo record, uh, Last Flight Home. When you're blasting out Renegade, Come Sail Away, Too Much Time on My Hands, uh, Fooling Yourself, I mean, that's, you might be the last, last guy, I would think, would put out a song like Last Flight Home.
8: Well, that, that's, that's why I'm very comfortable in, in that scenario. I'm very comfortable sitting behind, um, you know, a couple hundred pounds of, of wood and metal.
3: <laughs>
8: but, but, to, but to be out front and to sing, which is something that I've always been very shy about, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it feels like the old cliche dream that you're standing in front of the, the class <laughs> in your underwear. <laughs> that, that's that's kind of how the experience felt
2: at first <laughs> well then todd talk about this how this is coming this album is coming from a singer's perspective and how you had to change your drumming because of that
8: a really good question this was a learning experience um for me uh because in some cases the drums were recorded after the lead vocals were were done or at least done to. Um, You know 80% completion Mm -hmm. So there was a few things That I had imagined Oh this would be a nice bit to get in there This is kind of a clever thing But when I went to do it It seemed to distract From the song Um, So I had to actually simplify some things for the greater good which is getting the, the message of the song across. It, I, I didn't want it to be here's a, a space in between two lines and here's a clever drum bit uh-huh. um, it didn't work in this context uh, for, for this for this music so um, I've always taught in my master classes in, in, in drum clinics uh, in my, and when I teach that if you play music that has lyrics the only way that you could really emotionally attach yourself to the piece of music is if you know the lyrics. And it doesn't matter if you're you know, playing Sweet Home Alabama in a bar with a cover band or you're in the studio creating new music. Uh, I would always go ask the producer or the artist, can I see the lyrics to the song? And some would understand, some would get it, and others would kind of wonder why, what I want to know. Well, is it a happy song? Is it a sad song? What You know, music is more coming from the drum chair than, you know, eight bars intro, eight bars verse, play a fill, <laughs> crash into the chorus. You know, it, it, it's it's not a paint-by-number thing like that, but some drummers do think like that. But those who emotionally attach themselves to the meaning of the song and each lyric as it goes by, then and only then can you really support uh, the point of it all, which is the story.
1: So explain this to me, Todd. You've got 25 years with sticks, Did Tommy or anybody contribute to this album or did you say, look, look, guys, I've been drumming with you for 25 freaking years. Get the hell away. This is my (laughs) solo album.
8: Uh, to be completely honest, I, I never told anyone that I was doing this. My, my mother didn't know I was doing this. Ooh. I did it completely under cover of darkness because through the process, I wasn't entirely sure that I could pull this off or that I would see this through. And I didn't want to blow the trumpets with those closest to me and then scrap it in the 11th hour. So, Holy oh smokes.
2: So, so what the, changed the, the, for you because you said leading into it you didn't necessarily have the confidence but then even through the process you didn't know if it would actually come to fruition so where did it click for you? Well, okay, I guess
8: I to psychoanalyze myself <laughs> um, <laughs> e- even coming from a drum perspective I rarely please myself. Oh. Um and it doesn't matter if, you know, I post something and, and, and there's, you know, a, a, a thread and string of wonderful accolades. I never tend to believe anything because I think that's a dangerous thing to do. I'm very thrilled and honored to have won many Modern Drummer Reader's Poll Awards. I'm happy to have them. Yes, they're up on my wall in the office. But I look at them and I smile and I look away because I don't want to buy into any of that because just knowing that I have those and that I sort of don't believe it, it makes me actually work harder. I never want to sit on my butt and go, well, yeah, look, I've I've done it. Now I can sit on the couch and, and stuff my face with the Doritos and do whatever I want. I don't need to practice. I don't need to stay in shape because I have those. You know what I mean? Yeah. So doing something like singing, uh, it was even a heavier experience. And the first few times I played anything to anyone, Uh, it was, I was just sitting in my seat squirming again, feeling like you're standing in front of the class naked, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the responses that I got from people who would tell me if it was crap and they were sort of knocked out, uh, that gave me the confidence to really keep going through this, this project as as we kind of had mixes that were, um, just starting to come into, into color a little bit from a black and white sketch. Uh, you know, I played a few things for a few people but very close confidence. And so, you know, their responses, uh, which was just overwhelming, gave me the shot in the arm I needed to 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 continue this.
1: Todd Zuckerman, 25 years with Sticks, joining us here in the Peak Nation. And I mentioned Brian Wilson, Peter Cetera, Steve Cole, and Spinal Tap. Those are bands that you've played with, whether it was on recordings or studios. It, it, would I assume that you were actually... On the record of Spinal Tap, is that true?
8: I'm not, I'm not on the record of Spinal Tap, although I, I just recorded uh, two songs on uh, the Derek Smalls solo record, Small <laughs> well, Change. Uh, but I, I played with uh, I played with uh, those guys on the Tonight Show in 2000, and I did um, Jimmy Fallon and the John Stewart Daily Show well, with those guys. Boy, it was back in 2009 for that.
1: That is, if you again, you look at your resume, Todd. You're, you're winning the Modern Drummer Awards of the Year, Live Drummer of the Year, and your technique uh, being compared to technical drummers of sorts that have come and gone. But you go and look at Don Henley, Ringo Starr, Phil Collins, and now you could put Todd Zuckerman in there, being a drummer/slash singer. Those are those are names that. Again, 25 years ago, you thought, there's no way I'm going to open my damn mouth at drama.
8: <laughs> no, and drum. No. And, you know, the, to, for, for you to even say my name in the company of those guys is, is kind of blowing my mind. Um, you know, Phil Collins in particular has, has been a hero to me in, in on so many levels over so many eras. You know, some people, they hear Phil Collins, they think it's a studio, but... You go back and listen to his drumming on Selling England by the Pound, Genesis 1973. That is a monolith in progressive rock drumming. It's astonishing. And Phil was like maybe 23 years old, I think. 20, Yeah, I think he was maybe 23 or 20, right around there, uh, when he recorded that record. Um, and the fact that when Peter Gabriel left Genesis, the fans and the critics wrote them off for dead because he was such a huge personality with the music and the costumes and uh, it was almost like genesis was his backup band so th- the fact that phil came out from the drums and and took over the vocal duties would a comparison would be bono quits u2 and larry mullen jr gives it a go there
3: you go and the
8: next u2 record with larry mullen jr is a masterpiece and is commercially the most successful record to date that that's the improbability of of what took place with with genesis in uh in 1976 when it, trick of the tail came out so i i thank phil collins for the inspiration to to give it a go uh in the, the liner notes of the record and i had the good fortune to meet phil for the first time in my life in september through his son nicholas who was playing drums with him on on tour and he was just absolutely lovely he He stood out there with me and my brother and gave us 10 minutes of his time an hour before showtime. I mean, I don't see anybody an hour before showtime. I don't see my mom an hour before showtime. (laughs) But he stood out in the hallway chatting with us. Um, And the fact that I met him in the early stages of recording this record sprinkled some magic fairy dust on the proceedings and and inspired me to really try to see this through.
1: Todd, thank you very much for this time, man. We look forward to, to meeting you when you roll through town, buddy
8: likewise well thanks for having me and
1: you guys uh stay safe all right you bet see you todd oh man when you have a guy like todd Zuckerman in the freak nation it just kind of reminds you of how talentless i actually am when it comes to music this guy he's regarded as one of the best technical drummers on the planet as we speak and to get him in the freak nation is absolutely fantastic coming up in the second hour man big second hour for you freak nation More on the Darlington race with Kevin Harvick and his big win, Will Purdue The last dance, the last two episodes airing now, later tonight, depending on what time zone you're in. He'll be joining us to talk a little bit about that. And your stat, man, Scat, a little bit, not much motorsports as well coming up. It's a big second hour of the Freaks on the Freak Radio Network for 20 years. We've been doing it from the Lucas Oil Studios. More Freaks next Speed Freaks, Motorsports
0: Radio Redefined.
1: Second hour of the Freaks. Thank you, guys. Read a part of this big old thing. Petter Solberg, world rallycross champion, world rally champion, and kicking some ass on virtual racing. He'll be joining us to talk about a – it's called a, the Legends Race, right, Crasher? That, the that Legends is, Trophy. The
2: Legends Trophy. Well, yes. It's part of the Torque Esports series of We Are the Race. Uh, sponsored they've had they've got a sim series going on right now with sim professionals they've got a pro series going on which consists of drivers actual drivers from tons of international series but they tend to skew to the younger side just saying got it. i mean the guys that have the rigs right and then there's the legends trophy which is legendous championship drivers i think they've got a rule i'm not 100% on this but i think you've got to be at least 40 years old <laughs> to establish yourself so oh, no. in that Legends category. So, I mean, Sebastian Vettel squeezed in there, but come on, you're a four-time Formula One champion. I think you can be under 40 in that case. But, yeah, the Legends trophy has, though that racing series has provided some very entertaining content.
1: And he was in the race Saturday afternoon. Did he get I in think the top ten?
2: Yes, he did in the second race. He right. was he was shunted in the first race. But yeah, the second race, he did salvage a top 10 after being shunted by Juan Pablo Montoya, I might add. But he I believe he missed
3: the... <laughs> just saying.
2: I believe he missed the opening race, which Dario Franchitti won. But then he found a rig. He, well, his son is very big into this. And now he they have two rigs in their house because, well, he can't be using Oliver Solberg's rig. He had to have his own. So yeah, that... That's kind of going on with um, a lot of these drivers, to be perfectly honest. Brian Herta races every once in a while with this series, and he doesn't have his own rig, so he's using Colton Herta's rig. (laughs) And we may be seeing that with some others coming up. Again, stay tuned for a massive announcement this week regarding who will be racing on the virtual Indianapolis Motor Speedway come Saturday.
1: Statman, does this uh, torque esports, legend racing, does this get you fired up at all to watch? No, no. Yeah, sure, Even, sure. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. No, I, I get. I get that. That's why I'm. I'm curious. When you got to do like Petter Solberg and veterans in a series for guys our age that are closer in relationship to those guys running in these <laughs> legends races, I was curious if, if it gets you excited at all. If you actually, if it's appointment television for you.
4: Oh no. Oh well, no. The question. Is question not appointment, is, appointment Television. Television. There was a guy that we knew who was an artist who was very close with the Freak Nation many years ago, who's dead now. But he I found out later after we met that of all the people who do rallying in the virtual world, he was ranked 19th in the world <laughs> and was one of the best uh, drivers in the world. He told me a story one night that he was on late at night and the number one guy uh, He ca- ended up in the room With the number one guy And almost beat the number one guy Until he realized I'm beating the number one guy in the world And lost <laughs> Oh Yeah, no I mean, it, you'd be surprised The people that do this But, as uh, you know when there's, If there's nothing else to watch uh, Including commercials And the weather report I might watch it But uh you know it just wasn't something that interested me especially when guys were crashing for the fun of it and because they had no uh repercussion
2: okay well hold on though with the legends race i yes that has been happening whether it's nascar indycar rallycross you're right there have been some questionable motives by some of the drivers in this virtual world that we've been in the last two months with the legends trophy however it's a little different these guys are so freaking uber competitive that, no, they're not just taking each other out just to take home a virtual trophy. (laughs) They are really serious about this and at the same time trash-talking each other in the middle of it. What would it take for you to watch Indianapolis this coming Saturday? Would it take a Richard Petty or a Mario Andretti or a – I'm trying to think.
1: We Sainz, are going to need an answer, quick style crasher.
2: Okay. Right, right, right. Let's, let's talk about that later in the show.
1: Yeah, we'll let's do that. Let's get Petter
2: on and then let's talk about that.
1: We'll do that at Freak Nation. Petter Solberg coming up in minutes here in the Freak Nation. But first, going to resume with our, some new affiliates that join us at six past the hour every hour. And get into some Crash Gladys pit news and notes. It's all coming up. Speed Freaks Pitts and the Lucas Oil Studios.
0: Promise to suck less. Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio. Redefined
1: the Freaks. Welcoming in another round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Thank you guys for being a part of this big old thing. Stat Man, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Coming up, World Rally Champion. World Rally Cross Champion as well. Petter Solberg joining us here in the Freak Nation. Crash Gladys, spit news and notes, brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Roll on General Tire. Check them out at GeneralTire.com. Then head on down to your favorite tire dealer. Grab yourself some GTs. It's GeneralTire.com. Crasher?
2: I should be talking about the field of 33 for the Indianapolis 500 coming up next weekend. But I'm not because of COVID-19. It's just weird. This whole week past has been weird for me. And this whole week coming up is going to be especially surreal. But... What we did have today was actual NASCAR racing. We saw actual race cars racing on real life asphalt. Yes, some people thought it was funny. I talked about some of the text threads and tweets that we were witnessing earlier today. But bottom line, here's what happened. We had Rodney Childress on with us last hour. And he basically talked about how it's been strange, him working from home and trying to get these cars ready. They use their homestead car. For today at the actual Darlington race, the race for real heroes, 400, Kevin Harvick took home his 50th win. Yes, it was a fanless Darlington, but it was a win. So yeah, it's just to me still just incredible what we actually just witnessed. We are the race, the Torque Esports Series. We just talked about that. Their Legends Trophy and their Pro Series and their Sim Series goes off every Saturday Saturday. In the Legends Trophy, Fernando Alonso made his debut this weekend. And in the two races, Jan Magnussen and Emanuele Peru each took wins. Now, Jensen Button took over the points lead. Guess what's next? Yep, Indianapolis, the Indy Oval. Jensen Button has never raced on an oval before. It will be his oval debut. Yes, your points leader for this current series. Stay tuned for a massive announcement this week on new Legends competing. We've got Dario Franchitti, Emerson Fittipaldi. We've got... Who knows? Maybe some NASCAR guys coming up with Petter Solberg. I'm just, there's so many names. I can't even think of all of them right now. It's going to be huge. Stay tuned at we are the race on Twitter. Speaking of F1 drivers though, who knew silly season would be in May this year. Remember Daniel Ricardo snubbing McLaren just two years ago. Hmm. About that. He just signed a deal with McLaren. Mm. So this all started because Sebastian Vettel was never offered a new contract post the 2020 season at Ferrari. Carlos Sainz, it's now known, is taking up that seat. So yeah, musical chairs, Formula One style, crazy.
0: Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.
2: Hey, it's Crasher from The Freaks, and what if I told you the best burger you can buy to cook on your grill or stovetop? It was available in your favorite grocery store. Well, it is, and it's Bubba Burger. Just how awesome does a sweet onion Bubba Burger sound about now? Oh, my favorite jalapeno burgers. Angus burgers, all natural Bubba burgers. Watching your caloric intake? Then grab the reduced fat and the turkey Bubba burgers all in your local grocery store. When you need a delicious burger for your weekend cookout, the answer is Bubba burger. You'll never bite a better burger than a Bubba.
1: The summer is quickly approaching, and General Tire wants to put some money back in your pockets. Because now through April 30th, with the purchase of four new qualifying General Tire passenger tires, you'll receive up to a $70 Visa prepaid gift card. Choose from the summer Ultra High Performance G Max RS, the all-season Ultra High Performance G Max ASO5, and the all-season touring Ultimax RT43 lines. So prepare to prove that anywhere is possible this summer with General Tire. For more information, visit generaltire.com. General Tire, driving speed freaks for 20 your esports sim race winner from saturday afternoon and of course rally champion one of the baddest drivers on the planet petter solberg joining us here in the freak nation and petter curious prior to all of us getting into sim racing over the last two months how much virtual racing sim racing have you been into prior to this pandemic
9: oh well i have done uh, i was done gaming for many many years ago uh, with Colin McRae, when the Colin McRae game came out, and then uh, I worked with him to develop the game that came out, and I was very good that time. But obviously, <laughs>
1: yeah.
9: uh, it's been the real world for a long time, and now because of this situation, you know, he came off this uh, Legends race with a lot of fantastic drivers uh, involved like Vettel, Alonso, and Montoya, Castroneves, you know, it's so many. Uh, world champions and stuff. So why not, um, you know, when you're competitive and love driving and, and there's no other possibility, you know, Oliver, my son is driving rally game and then I'm doing the Legends race. So we're having fun and we're enjoying.
2: Petter Solberg, of course, he's two-time rallycross champion, world rally championship, you name it, he's driven it. Petter Solberg joining us here in the Freak Nation on a Sunday night. And you just brought up your son, Oliver, is there any truth to the rumor that you guys had to buy a second rig because he was pissed off at you for taking up seat time on his rig?
9: It's absolutely true. I was just finished with it yesterday <laughs> because I have been using the, the the rig more than him. So he was not happy. So now I'm actually sitting in the gaming room here now with two different uh, places. Uh, and uh, yeah, me and Miss Anvia are enjoying Enjoying gaming, but now he is more happy today. Definitely.
2: Okay, he might be happier that he has his old sim racing rig back. But let's be honest here: who beats who if Oliver Solberg and Petter Solberg were to go head to head? Who beats who in a sim race?
9: Uh, on on the rally game, I am pretty good, but he, I have no chance. He have a lot of world champion uh, world champion records on on the dirt rally. Okay. And he also started his own championship, the, the Solberg World Cup, who okay. goes all around the world. And are, he has 15,000 members now. Jeez. And so far, after stage four, he is leading. So uh, he is good. And, uh, but there's still a lot of fantastic professional uh, gamers out there. But uh, it's a different way of, of keeping contact with each other.
4: So Petr Solberg, World Rally Champion, Rally Cross Champion... Let's go in a little different direction here. The World Rally Championship had a a, a competition, a poll, uh, lasted for more than a month, 300,000 votes, and they ended up with Carlos Sainz, a two-time champion, being named the greatest of all time over Sebastian Loeb, a nine-time champion. Which one, do you agree with that? Do you think uh, Sainz is better than Loeb, or would you name... Better the greatest of all time. <laughs> well, it, it depends who all
9: the uh, where the fans is, you know, and uh, you know, and also, um, he he also won the the won the Dakar in a very old age, and his son also signed for Ferrari now from uh, mm-hmm. the One team. But if you ask me, of course, it's Sebastian Loeb, you know, nine time world
4: champion how difficult uh, that's a dumb question but i'm going to ask it anyway <laughs> that winning winning championships is hard winning events is hard winning a championship you won a championship and you competed very closely for another one in the world rally championship anything could go wrong over a dirt road for 3 days how difficult is it to win 9 consecutive Championships.
9: Well, it definitely, it, it's not easy, but he found a formula that he got very comfortable with. He got in a team that he was very comfortable in, the French team, French car, and they developed the car around Sebastian Loeb. When you get all these things around you with very consistency, uh, with a super talent like uh, like Loeb. Everything is possible, but uh, they have a lot of experience and and everything was all in. And, and of course, it's a big respect of that situation that it's possible. So um, I beat him in Rallycross, you know, the world championship. So I'm happy with that. There (laughs) you go. You
4: You could drink the Red Bull gave you wings instead of him, didn't it?
2: (laughs) Careful, Statman. He's got monster on those sim cars right now.
9: Yeah, I'm a monster. Me and all of these monster guys, you know, worldwide for a long, long time, you know. And uh, But it, it's great sponsors, you know, to have because they're taking care of you. They make you do your sport and winning. So all of this is is a, is a great, uh, great company that is is part of a thing that is worldwide, you know.
2: Absolutely.
1: World rally champion, rallycross champion, Petter Solberg, joining us here in the Freak Nation. Let's go back several years, Petter. Did you think when you started getting involved with the Colin McRae game, video game? Uh, prior to that, did you think racing, you know, s- virtual racing was silly? What are these kids doing? They're crazy. Or were you one of those early ones to get on board to realize that this could be a hell of a tool to sharpen your driving skills?
9: Honestly, I didn't think about it that time uh, like that. You know, we enjoyed it, we have fun with it, and uh, um. I can't say that we had that in mind because we did so much testing. You have to remember I was traveling 280 days a year oh, and we were just playing a little bit for fun in the room, you know, in the hotel rooms together and that's it. But, uh, but now it's got the proper tool, you know, people have engineers and, and, uh, it, it's great to see, but, uh, still you can't beat the real, uh, you can't beat the real life to be honest with you, you know, it's impossible.
1: You rattled off some pretty famous drivers in Saturday afternoon's race. What about either living or non not living drivers? Whether it's Mario Andretti or if you go back to some old Formula One days, who are some drivers that you'd like to race against in some virtual sim racing? Any, any names come to mind? Well, I must I must say,
9: if you look at the legend race now, it's incredible. If yes. you look at the names, I can't see any other. Sim racing championship that have so many great, <laughs> great uh, heroes for many people and and uh, and a lot of success. Uh, but of course, you know the Andretti family. You know it, it's it's incredible what they have achieved. But uh, to get them also into a race uh, soon uh, would have been also a fantastic thing.
2: So obviously next weekend for the Torque Esports at We Are the Race championship the legends trophy it's going to be at indianapolis of course we're supposed to have the indy 500 next weekend i will say this though we've got coming up this week a major announcement of the players that will be confirmed for indianapolis on may 23rd and i just what we've seen over the last couple of weeks has been awesome but racing the oval granted it's virtual but racing the oval at indianapolis i have a feeling some of you guys are just gonna go bonkers
9: (laughs) well it's going to be a new thing also but but all of us are up to a challenge, you know, and yes. uh, um, I think all the challenges is great fun and everybody helps each other to get the great championship out of it. And, and it, uh, it looks good. And But this will be a very, very special experience. Yeah. And I can't say much, uh, much that I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Sweet. All right, Petter, we'll end it with this. Would you rather kick the ass? Whose ass do you want to kick more? <laughs> Mario Andretti, Kyle Busch. Or Juan Jimmy, Montoya Juan,
2: screwed him up this weekend. Screwed, I'm surprised
1: Juan can even get in a freaking SIM car. He's so damn Stop fat. It. Listen, Stop would it. you rather kick the ass of Kyle Busch, Mario Andretti, or Jimmy Johnson?
9: I'm uh, you know, I was, I've been following Jimmy Johnson for many years. You know, uh, huge respect for what he has done. You know, it's incredible. And uh, I would rather say I would I'd rather have a good race with all of them, to be honest with you. <laughs> I would never kick anybody's ass. You know, we are here to enjoy but if I was 20 years old, it would
4: have been maybe a different story.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <he is>.
4: Wow! <laughs> oh, Peter, you should you should be like Ari Vatanen and get into p- politics. Those answers are <laughs> not the perfect political. No, 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 I'm
9: not very good at politics. Not at all. You know, I'm uh, I'm uh, no. I'm too honest. That's <laughs> the
1: problem.
2: Oh, we need that
1: uh, now. <laughs> well, Petter, thank you for taking time out to join us here in the Freak Nation. Thank you very much, everybody, and we talk soon. Thank you. you
2: got it. Good luck at Indy.
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Statman, where does Petter Solberg rank as far as rally drivers over the history of rally? Oh, wow. Oh, wow.
4: He's he's, he's not among – I probably would say probably he's would not say, among the top five uh in rallying he only won one championship and maybe competed closely for another one his rally cross has added to a little bit more of his uh, uh mystique and and respectability but there've been some you know Loeb signs uh, there've been some incredible guys Waldegard Vattenen there've been some incredible guys that have run in both the World Rally Championship and at Dakar um, yeah, there's a lot of guys that are out there, so I wouldn't put him in the top five, but he said uh, his personality maybe puts him in the top two or three.
1: Yeah. Curious with the, with the death of Colin McRae mm. and you know, way too early, curious, curious if Colin McRae would be able to chase some rally cross championship stat, man.
4: Uh, perhaps he ran in the X games once and lost to Ran a couple of times lost to Travis. He was leading coming into the stadium when he rolled the car and finished and barely, uh, (laughs) lost to Travis is one of the incredible times in X games history. Uh, Uh, Colin was good enough to do whatever he wanted to do and be excellent at it. Well, I've had. You know, We had some conversations with him, and I had two or three uh, close conversations when he was here and or when he was in Southern California for the X Games, and uh, just a phenomenal personality.
1: Great, great, great guy. Crasher, we have Statman Scat coming up in moments. Do you want to save that conversation that you wanted to, yes. do, you wanted to drop on save us it. Save
2: it.
1: earlier in the hour? Okay.
2: I'm, I'm throwing it out on Twitter right now.
1: Got it. Statman Scat coming up in moments, and on the heels of the finale of Last Dance, of course, the 10-part documentary on Michael Jordan. As we've done the last three or four Sundays, we have Will Purdue, who's a four-time NBA champion. Three of those with Michael Jordan, always fantastic insight here in the Freak Nation. Again, Michael Jordan, a big motorhead, uh, good friends with Denny Hamlin, had a Superbike team for several years. So we'll get to Will Purdue also coming up first. Stepman Scat.
7: Good evening, my fellow citizens. Stepman To provide guidance to mankind... The Last Dance
4: docu-series has fueled the argument, who's greatest, Michael or LeBron? The numbers solve nothing. We can argue championships, scoring, rebounds, assists, and still, nothing is definitive. Well, there's a similar argument going on in the World Rally Championship, but in this case, the Michael and LeBron is Sebastian Loeb and Carlos Sainz. WRC.com held a month-long poll that absorbed more than 300,000 votes to reach the conclusion that Sainz and his two titles is worth more than Loeb's Nine straight. Signs has been named the WRC's goat, the greatest of all time. The tournament style knockout rounds included all 18 WRC champions. When it started, Signs was ranked 6th in the seedings. Loeb was the top seed, but Signs, the matador, pulled off the upset. Michael Lebron or Signs Loeb? There's another argument to while away your quarantine hours. Peace.
0: Motorsports Radio
3: redefined.
1: If you're curious why we're playing so much damn sticks tonight, well, last hour, Todd Zuckerman, 25 years with sticks. One of the best drummers on the planet has a new record out, new album out. He joined us. Uh, if you missed any of that, we'll have it up for you on our website at speedfreaks.tv. Petter Solberg, world rally champion. We had Rodney Childress in last hour. Your crew chief for Kevin Harvick and the 14, or the four, excuse me, uh, who won the Darlington, the fanless Darlington Cup race today. Crasher coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, a legends race of sorts, right? Yes. Is this a le- is this we a legend? We need legends? something
2: to fill the void of the okay. missing Indy 500.
1: Is this part? Is this Torque Esports? Yes. Okay. Explain to the Freak Nation what's coming up this weekend and what might happen, and see if we can get Statman on board yeah. to set his VCR. Wait, what? For the race, I think even
2: Statman has a digital recorder, <laughs> Kenny. Don't you dare put him in that category. Statman, defend yourself. I might, I
4: might, I might have to I might get have out the VCR. The v- I'll dust it off the old Betamax and uh, plug uh-huh. it in, see see how that works.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Basically, okay. Brought to you by the race. Their Twitter account at We Are the Race. If you are not following them now. Just freaking do it. And I'm saying this completely not brought to, by them. It's, this is not their idea. I'm just saying that what I've discovered, thanks to eSports, iRacing, eSports, Torque eSports, especially because that's what they're involved with, is that these guys, the race is their website. Again, Twitter account at We Are The Race. Their website is massive with motorsports insight. It is insane what the kind of stories that they come up with, you're not going to find it anywhere else. And I, I'm being dead serious in Got saying it. that I'm not, I'm not being paid to say that, whatever. So what they're doing, they're the ones that are, that are sponsoring this legends trophy series. And Saturday, because they know the importance of the Indy 500, they decided to put a virtual Indianapolis motor speedway together as part of this legends trophy series. And yeah, all of these massive names, i I need to go to their their Twitter account and just start to read off some of these names. Huge. I mean, Fernando Alonso made his debut. So you're going to have Formula One guys, Jensen Button's the points leader right now, making his oval debut. Fernando Alonso, Emerson Fittipaldi, Dario Franchitti, Elio Castroneves, Tony Canaan. I think the only stipulation is you have to be at least 40 years old. So they've teased me for several days now saying, wait until the announcement that we have a couple of days before that indie, the virtual indie race on Saturday, May 23rd. And I'm like, damn, you guys don't do that to me. Who are you going to have? Is it going to be a Mario Andretti? Are you going to get somebody like Travis Pastrana and bring in some X Games gold well, medal? Pastrana's not 40. Uh, Neither is Sebastian Vettel. Oh, but I think if you've got a pretty good resume, mm. I think they'll let you in. It
4: might be Vettel's like, well, only job here in a couple of months.
2: Ooh, yeah. <laughs> which is weird, right? So, yeah, it's just. What would it take? Would it take a Mario Andretti? Would it take a Richard Petty? Would it take an Ari Vatnin? What would it take for you to watch this Torque Esports Indianapolis Motor Speedway race on Saturday?
4: Oh, Petty would be cool because he would be out of his element. But we thought Kurt Busch was out of his element when he ran in the Indy 500. Was it four years ago and finished uh, in the top 10 uh, and was running in the top five at one time? So it would be great to see a, a name like Richard Petty, Mario. It's always great to see Mario compete. Uh, but yeah, that would that would get me to watch. Sure.
2: Here's the deal, though. I guess you have to have a rig. So
4: yeah, I think so. Do
2: you think Mario has a rig?
4: <laughs> I think somebody would <laughs> loan Mario a rig, or one of the rig studios yeah, exactly. would say, "Hey, come over here," just to say Mario slept here or Mario worked out on this, Would they they could make a business out of that alone.
2: Huh. Why,
1: well, what are you thinking?
2: Jimmy Johnson. Why not?
1: He's over 40.
2: He yeah. has said, I mean, he's going, well, everything's changed now. He was supposed to have tested an Indy car by now. It, he doesn't necessarily want to race the Indy 500. He wants to do an Indy car road race, but that's when actual racing comes back. But why not? He knows the oval from his NASCAR days there. So why not Jimmy Johnson? He's a seven-time Cup champion. Let's bring it on. He's a legend.
1: And did I hear this number today during the Donovan race? 99 races. And now maybe after today, 100 races. Last time Jimmy Johnson won a race.
2: Yeah. Right before he crashed out. (laughs) Right before he was set to win stage one. Yeah. They put that out there. Jimmy having a fabulous day. Oh, he hasn't won in 99. Try his last 99 races. Oh, oops. Sorry, Jimmy, we just jinxed you.
1: So this race is Saturday afternoon? Yes. Is it ESPN?
2: Yes, ESPN. Well, yesterday's race was on ESPN2. Not sure if this will move up to Big Boy ESPN or ABC, but yeah, it's going to be at least ESPN2.
1: This isn't going to be a 500-mile race? I don't believe
2: so. I I think there's rights issues involved there, but it's still going to be on the Oval. It's going on the virtual Oval. So, yes. Guys like, well, Jill DeFerrin, Elio Castroneves, Juan Montoya, Dario Franchetti, Tony Cannon, Emerson Fittipaldi. Obviously, those guys have all won there, but then you add in the Fernando Alonzos, the David Brabhams, the, geez, I, I, again, I'm blanking on names, damn it. But it's, gonna, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. Get some
1: guy like Smithley out of NASCAR, You know, a backmarker actually on. Kenny, legends. I, I, that's my point. But get some guy like Smithley in there. He was a backmarker on the actual track, but when he's sim racing, he's
2: crushing it. Oh, you're talking about a sim legend? <laughs> yeah, yeah, get hit. But that's yes. not the point of the Legends Trophy. The Legends Trophy has to be actual, on-track, multiple championship legends. Okay. Smithley doesn't qualify. Well, so a ringer. Well, you it, just want to throw in some crap. Maybe
1: that's what Mario should do, <laughs> is pretend he's driving, have the cameras oh, on him. But, but it's Smithley yes. <laughs> <laughs> tied into his feed, Statman. One that minute. Would,
4: that would be cool to have somebody like Smithley or, or driving for Richard Petty, and the camera's looking at Petty, and next to him, off camera, is Smithley <laughs> driving his butt off. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't act like it hasn't happened, Freak Nation. I guarantee some of these hey, we dudes. We had Millie Vanille, we can have
4: Smithley, you know.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, this is greatness. The last dance in the last two episodes were tonight, or are tonight, depending on where you're watching it from. Every week we get Will Perdue here in the Freak Nation, four-time NBA champion, three of those, of course, with the Bulls. There aren't any... Spoiler alerts for tonight's two episodes in this interview with Will as we caught up with him uh, prior to these two episodes. But Will Perdue, he joins us next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas All Studios. Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Now, what if I told you that the best burger you could buy to cook on your grill or stovetop was available in your favorite grocery store? Well, it is, and it's Bubba Burger. How awesome does a sweet onion Bubba Burger sound? Jalapeno, Angus, all-natural Bubba Burgers. Are you watching what you eat? Then grab the reduced fat or turkey Bubba Burgers, all in your favorite grocery store. When you need a delicious burger for your weekend cookout, go with Bubba Burger. You'll never bite a burger better than a Bubba
2: <laughs> oh, this is going really well. Yeah,
0: so I guess you've heard then.
2: What? You mean that whole saving money with Geico thing? No,
0: that I'm actually
6: a chess player. You
2: know yeah! That was not on the profile.
0: So now you've heard Geico, saving people money on car insurance, and now an official partner of Major League Baseball.
6: Hey. Lucas Interior Detail rejuvenates interiors, and Lucas Tires and Trim Shine does wonders on tires and wheels. Lucas Slick Mist. It's easy. It works. Go to lucasoil.com for more information.
2: Freak Nation, for over 100 years, General Tire has provided tires for your lifestyle, your adventure, your everywhere. From the aggressive mud-terrain Grabber X3 to the all-terrain performance of the Grabber ATX, even to the strong and durable all-purpose terrain Grabber APX, General Tire balances excellent on-road performance with off-road capabilities designed for all weather conditions. Remember, with General Tire, anywhere is possible. For more information, drive over to GeneralTire.com.
4: Want to bring racing technology into your driveway? Lucas High Performance Motor Oil is advanced race engine technology for everyday cars and trucks. It reduces friction heat and coats your engine with a tougher, longer-lasting oil film for maximum protection. Lucas High Performance Motor Oil cools and cleans your engine and protects against sludge buildup from everyday stop-and-go driving. Lucas High Performance Motor Oil is made in America and sold to the world. It works.
0: You're listening to Speed Freaks. Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined. (laughs)
1: Lucas Oil. do yourself a favor freak nation go to lucasoil.com i don't care if it's inside your engine outside your engine inside your car the exterior of your car lucas oil has a product to keep your ride on the road four-time nba champion three of those with the chicago bulls joining us here in the freak nation will purdue and let's get into a little bit of the last dance i think i would rather have lebradford smith as my point man that poor guy in the last dance just got the bejesus figuratively kicked out of him Yeah, but he
10: was in a long line of guys that (laughs) provided motivation for a man that, quite honestly, didn't need it. You you heard B.J. Armstrong also talk about in the last dance about we all have those moments, right, when we're in our playing career that something happens and we get emotionally involved and you say things or do things, and not that they're bad things, but you say things and do things that you pay for later and like DJ's case you pay for it later meaning michael was like i had i it was my duty to to basically destroy him from that point forward it was just one of those moments i remember cuz i'd do some of the, the guys on the team but bradford was begging basically begging the media please don't make a big deal out of this please just say hey i had a great game it was one of those nights i couldn't miss You know, I'll always remember this because it was against Michael Jordan. But, you know, let's not make a big deal out of this because he knew what was coming. He knew it. I just remember the next night just looking at him and being, dude, I feel sorry for you, man, because we all know what's coming. He dropped 37 in that game. We play him the next night, second night of a home and home. He knew what was coming. And it wasn't like he just rolled over. He tried. He tried. But it just like a snowball rolling downhill, man. You're better off getting out of the way.
2: <laughs> Will Perdue, you talk about saying things that you may regret later or actions that you may regret later. Any Anybody, any athlete, anybody who's listening right now. But some people want to do that with Michael Jordan. I mean, you freaking were punched by Michael Jordan. Steve Kerr got in a fight with Michael Jordan. And we as fans can write this off as just being uber, uber competitive. But I also kind of think of, wait a minute. Is this kind of like Bobby Knight? I mean, I am an Indiana Hoosier. Obviously, I supported Bobby Knight through thick and thin, but I look back at some of these things and think, whoa, that crossed the line. Do you ever do that with MJ?
10: I mean, I talked about, you know, in the last episode, I called him an a-hole and said yeah. that he crossed the line many times. But, and his style was abrasive. Now, I, I actually, I have a, I have a great antidote, and let's make sure that we understand this. this is made in jest, So let's not chop this up and play the whole thing. But I was thinking last night and I was talking to my wife about it. I was watching a few good men. It was on the BBC last night. You know, you sit down, I'm going to watch TV for a little while. It was on BBC America. I actually have it in DVD, but it's just, you know, you're perusing and you're like, ah, this, this court scene is awesome. And all of a sudden, like halfway through Colonel Jessup's speech, I was like, that's MJ. Listen here, you little snotty bastard, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We have words like code, honor, and I'm like, that's n j. How about that? That's pretty cool. And my wife just started dying laughing, so trying to work on a little uh thing to somehow use that, but then put put some words in his mouth instead of saying certain things, use championships and things like that. so I thought that was kind of thought that was kind of funny, but at the end of the day, it was something that went on. I mean, I thought about it afterwards. And Kendall Gill, who I work with in Chicago for NBC Sports Chicago, he had a conversation about with me. It's like, did it have to be that way? Did he have to act like that? It obviously had happened more than one time. But why does everybody say that's okay? Well, we're not necessarily saying it's okay. What we're saying is that was just the atmosphere that we played in or should we say played under because of Michael? His style was very abrasive. How that came about for him, honestly, I can't tell you. Because if you want to say, well, that's how he was taught. That's how, that's what he got from his father. You're like, well, I don't think so. His father was one of the nicest men you'll ever meet. His father was somebody that was friends with all the guys on the team. Some of us were actually had more conversations <laughs> with his father than we had with Michael, but it was just something that you, Listen, you you knew that wasn't normal, but that's just something that you accepted because, as I try to explain to guys that haven't won championships, you knew something was different about that team. You knew because of that guy that we realistically had a chance to win a championship every year. So those that haven't been in that position can't sit there and say, well, why did it have to be like that? Well, the reason the answer is I can't sit here and give you a definitive answer, but the reason why was because it was Michael Jordan. Hmm. Now I make the comparison because Kendall Gill always would ask me, Well, was it like that in San Antonio? I said, Well, no, it wasn't. But we didn't have a guy like Michael Jordan in San Antonio. We had really, really good players, top fifty player in David Robinson, you know, best power forward of all time and Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't their personality. Their personality was different. But we also had a different culture, a more family-style culture than we had in Chicago. Chicago was more business-like. But because the guy at the top, and that guy at the top was Michael Jordan, and his style was the way as everybody... I think they've done a pretty nice job of, of portraying that accurately. That's just kind of what we were accustomed to, what we were used to. And... That's just the way it was. I can sit here and say, well, do I wish it would have been different? No. Because I learned a lot. I gained a lot. If I wasn't playing on that team and I wasn't winning those championships because of Michael Jordan, would I be sitting here talking to you guys right now? No. I'd probably be listening to you guys driving down the road be like, what a bunch of jack offs.
2: <laughs> you know, okay. So that, that brings me nicely to what I really wanted to ask you. And it, it was MJ crying at the end of, I think it was episode seven. To me, it seemed like getting all of this off his chest, he was just tired of feeling the need to have to have to explain himself so much. Is that how you look at it as well? Or why do you think he got emotional?
10: Well, first of all, let me go back and say, you know, please don't take that comment personally. I, I said it with, you know, loving tones. Because <laughs> yes. I actually love doing your show every week. I look forward to it. I mean, I actually reach out to Stan. And if Stan's listening, make sure he sends me this. Because then because my wife can't hear the other end. She can only hear my end. And sometimes she'll be like,
8: what kind of questions are they asking with some of those answers you're giving? <laughs>
10: And then when I play, then when she listens to it, she's like, in, in context, she goes, "Yeah, I, she goes, they're pretty cool." She goes, "You really like doing those interviews, don't you?" I said, "Yeah, because I enjoy it." So, back to your question. First of all, let's talk about that actual where he's lying on the floor, sobbing. Everybody talks about how they've seen that, but nobody has ever heard the audio about just how hard he was crying. This wasn't weeping. This was bawling. He was gasping for air because of the fact that that was the first championship he won and his father wasn't there to celebrate with him. Mm -hmm. But I just think that people have always thought that Michael was such a hard ass that, and even we didn't see a lot of it, because I was talking about there's two different, to me, there's two different Michael Jordans. There's Michael Jordan, the person, and there's Michael Jordan, the player. And the player is Michael Jordan, the competitor. And that's the guy that we saw Ninety-nine percent of the time on the floor and off the floor. But at the same time, he always put on a good face with us about he was jovial, he was always joking around, he was hardly ever in a bad mood off the floor. Um, you know, he would talk to us. It wasn't like I, I and I always tell people it wasn't like I had a great relationship with him, but I thought I had a solid relationship with him. It was more, you know, basketball related than personal. But that's just how it was. But I just think that people don't realize and because he was so good and because it's Michael Jordan and because he was in Space Jam and because he, we all wanted to be like Mike and Gatorade and Nike, it's the shoes, Mike, it's the shoes. I just don't think people see him as a human being. They don't see him as normal. It's almost like to some people look at him as an alien. So when they when they sit there and they see him cry like anybody else, they're like, holy cow. This guy is, to a certain degree, it's just like us. He's got emotions. You know, he does cry. He does let his guard down. He actually is vulnerable. All even though to this day he won't let you know it. <laughs> Until now. But that's just who he was, what he was, and that was the approach he he chose to take. And as you saw, and I, and like you said, crashing seven or eight when he just. You know, he started to get emotional trying to defend himself, and he stood up and he goes, cut. The interesting thing was, if you talk to Jason Hare, Hare, the producer-director, he talks about that happened in the first interview, because remember, they spread his interviews out over three different uh, time frames, three different times. He said that happened in the first interview in the first 45 minutes. Wow.
2: Do you think he's just, he is tired of feeling the need to explain himself, or... Is it just a relief to explain himself to the masses?
10: Well, I think he wants people to truly understand who he is. He was the ultimate competitor. He, and let's also be clear, he had final say on this whole thing before yeah. it was, before we watch it, he either said yay or Nay. Right. So he saw the part where, you know, I called him an a-hole and said he crossed the line and he didn't look at him and say, no, you can't play that. He wanted people to understand and try to be as truthful as possible, try to be as accurate as possible to say, hey, you may not like me as a person, but I'm trying to help you understand what it's like to be me, what it's like to be LeBron or anybody else, to be Kobe. The thing I never really tried to do, and this is Michael speaking, was to make you like me as a person. And I think that's the difference now than compared to back then and i think a lot of that has to do with social media because of listen michael didn't step out to develop to be a brand he became a brand not because he wanted to but because he was so good i mean if you want to blame anybody for blame his mother his mother forced him to take the nike meeting (laughs) (laughs) you know he wanted to wear adidas but it's just I just don't think people understand how difficult it was to be Michael the the person because it just, you know, I I think I mentioned it last week and I'll mention it again this week. I think it was after episodes five and six or one of the two where they shows him in the hotel, just sitting on his couch, looking at the camera going, you don't want it. You you shouldn't be envious envious of this life. Cause what he wanted to say was this sucks. I got to sit in, I got to sit in the hotel all day waiting to play. My teammates, they're out in New York City enjoying themselves. Yeah, they're being bothered, but at the same time, not to the extent that Michael is, you know? And he just, it, it just, it, it's almost impossible, I think, for people to grasp just how difficult it was to be him off the floor.
1: Four-time NBA champion, three of those with the Chicago Bulls joining us here in the Freak Nation. Will Perdue and Oscar Robinson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. I know all these cats played in different eras, but one thing that fascinates me about watching The Last Dance is it brings up the conversation, who was or is the best basketball player of all time. You being a study of the game, do any of those, do Oscar Robinson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or somebody else compete with those other two players in your mind to be the best NBA player of all time?
10: I'm going to answer it this way. I think they're in the same conversation, Mm. but unfortunately when it's all said and done, they don't win the conversation. And this is, do I think Oscar Robinson was a great player? Absolutely. To average a triple double, I don't care in what era, but you just, you have to agree with the fact that as after, as each era goes along, the players get bigger Faster, stronger, they're be- They're just, they're, let me also say that they're not necessarily better basketball players from a basketball skill set, but they're just better athletes, which then in turn makes them better overall players. All right. I still think that Oscar Robinson could play in the nineties. I still think he could play now. He just may not have such eye-popping numbers. Let's be honest with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He had a shot that was, you could not defend it. It was undefendable. The sky hook from 6 feet, 12 feet. I mean, he was taking sky hooks from the free throw line within their offense. You just you couldn't stop it. He had to be double teamed. Your Your best defense was just denying him the basketball. But then when you want to talk about the whole body of work, he was a really good defender, all right? He uh, was an excellent rebounder. He did a lot of things really, really, really well. But back then, it was a post-oriented game. You know, it's interesting. If you go back and you and you see some of the interviews of, being, of big men being asked about Michael Jordan, you know, can you build a team around a two-guard? They all said no. That's not how the league is built. But yet, that's how good he was to change how the league was played. And then eventually the league changed even more with LeBron and Steph Curry. That's just progression. But the one thing that Michael has that I'm not sure other guys have, and I know you hear the term all the time, win at all costs. I can guarantee you that Michael has that trait. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and that's that's even different than he's a killer, the killer trait. There's those two things are different. Win at all costs and killer trait are still different. Win at all costs is above killer. And I, I kind of I say this in jest, but it's you know the old saying is if Michael had to run over his mother with the bus to win a championship, he'd do it. And just to guarantee that he'd win a championship after he ran over, he put it in reverse and back over just to guarantee he'd win a championship.
1: Will Perdue, four-time NBA champion, three of those with the Chicago Bulls with mad insight. As we close off the last dance with episodes 9 and 10 tonight, looking forward to seeing those. We'll do it again next week. Shoot the juice to the moose and stat manimus. Cut Cut it loose. See ya. Speed freaks, motorsports
3: radio, redefined.